Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to a special edition of uh, SFP Now here on Sci-Fi Pulse Radio. Uh, with me today is a, a very good friend of mine, uh, Crazy Joe from Law. Um, he's such a good friend of mine that we only t- talk to each other every seven years. And on the build-up to it, on the build-up to talking to each other every seven years, we become all erratic and emotional. And you know, it, it, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a Vulcan sort of like a Pomfar thing, isn't it? Yeah, I was actually just going to say that. It's like, it's podcasting pon far once every seven years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, basically, um, every seven years, we we look down to scratch our crotch and we know it's time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to make sure it's not seven years next time. <laughs> <laughs> sure will. Anyway, uh, on, on but this... you, you know, you know what happened to me seven years ago? You got married. Yeah, yeah. So it's well, well. I, I met my wife seven years ago. We actually got married six years ago. But yeah, so it's so it's like that's that's the magic number there. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's what <laughs> you know. Uh, I and and I I have a stepdaughter who was there from day one. So it's like when I met my wife. It's like even before we were married. It's like well, now I suddenly have uh, you know at the time it's like well I have a girlfriend and and her daughter. So wow. <laughs> so it's like instant parenthood you know yeah i i, I seen your wife on your um on your captain marvel review um she kind yes, of popped in she, su- she surprised me yeah, yeah she she jumped right in and she usually gets a little camera shy doesn't want to be on camera and that so it's very often i'll be shooting and she'll be next to me just off camera and that day she ambushed me and was like and christine and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> i wasn't expecting that okay yeah. Okay. Well, um, we, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about um, our least favorite and our most favorite Marvel films um, because it's been what now? It's nearly. Um, it's actually going to be. It's, it's actually eleven years since um, Iron Man premiered and got the Marvel universe started. It's hard to believe, you know, because wasn't it two thousand eight that Iron Man one came out? Yeah, May May second, two thousand eight. So we're coming up to the 11th anniversary. Um, you know, it'll be sort of like um, in two months' time, beyond May. Wow. It's, yeah, that's uh, hard to believe it's been that long. It doesn't feel like that long ago, though, doesn't it? No, no, it's the yeah. time Time went by. It sure did. Um, so um, I was thinking we'll start off with the, with the latest film, uh, Captain Marvel. Um, I went to see it on Monday, and I really enjoyed it. Um I mean, I was watching a lot of YouTube commenters that were really, really being down on the movie, uh, going on about its Rotten Tomato score, which was obviously fucking fate. 
um, yeah. and, and stuff like that. And there's a channel called Nerd Rock Roddick. Have you heard of him? Oh, I hate them. I, I hate them. Um, there's about, I, I almost don't like you even say their names. I'll, I'll do it this one time, but there's a bunch of channels. I hate saying their names because I don't like to drive traffic to them. But they're very incestuous. They're um, they're they're all friends with each other. They they work together. They do live streams together, and I think they're the worst of the worst. And Nerdrotic is one of them. And it's Midnight's Edge, mm-hmm. Doomcock, and Mecha Random Forty Two. They are like four of the worst trolls on YouTube. All they do is fake spread uh, spread fake information. It's all clickbait videos of, um, oh, did you hear Star Trek Discovery is being canceled? And, you know, it's like all stuff like that. And none of what they report is true. Uh, You wait six months and everything they reported, none of it has come to pass. They're Mm -hmm. just feeding off negativity. uh, And I I don't like I don't like them at all. But yes, yes, I do know. (laughs) Unfortunately, I do know Nerd Rock. Yeah, unfortunately, I actually agree with him about Doctor Who, but that's a that's a whole other show. Um, Okay, well, so we'll start off with the uh, with the with the Marvel stuff. now we, we we briefly touched on nerd erotic and all the negativity. Uh, for some reason, their channels just keep popping up in my feed, and don't deliberately caught them. They just keep popping up in my my YouTube feed for whatever reason. Um, so you know, when I went in to see Captain Marvel, I was primed to see um, a really really you know sort of like bad movie where it was you know extreme pro-feminism extreme sort of like social justice warriors and stuff like that and it was nothing of the sort i i agree i man i I couldn't agree more uh the only thing feminist about the movie was that she happened to be a woman yeah i mean it's not like it's not like they had some message behind that movie or it just was a good movie and she happens to be a woman. And I don't understand why that's an issue now. It wasn't an issue when we all liked Ellen Ripley or when we all liked Sarah Connor, but suddenly now it's an issue? Why? <laughs> I, I think it, I think it's probably become more of an issue because, so like, um, you know, the media has become more accepting of, so like, uh, gay, trans rights, um, you know, and, and feminism and stuff like that to a point where it's more out there and talked about and discussed, uh, you know, deals that, you know, the good, good parts of it and, and stuff like that. It's more discussed now um, across all forms of media than it ever has been. Whereas when we had Ripley and when we had those other characters, um, it was being discussed, but it, was, it wasn't as mainstream perhaps. And I think what the, I think what these channels like a uh, nerd erotic are threatened by is the fact that it's far more mainstream now than it was when we had Ripley. That's true. I, I, I can give you an example, though, of of something. You know, they all were so concerned about the feminism and the political messages and the social justice warriors and all that with Captain Marvel. And it's not there in Captain Marvel. But I can give you an example where it does exist. Um, the TV show Supergirl. Yep. has become unbearable. And I, I, season one, you go back to season one, I love that show. But every episode is like knock you over the head with a political message mm-hmm. that isn't subtle at 
all. Like it's it's like you know when the original Star Trek would do like allegories of, hey, we're going to take something going on in the real world, but we're going to put it in a sci-fi setting. They were usually subtle about it. Um, not always. Like you had the part one where Frank Gorshin was half black and half white. There was nothing subtle there, <laughs> but. Generally speaking, they were. And and with um, Supergirl, though, it's like just we're going to bonk you over the head with as many messages as possible. And it's like I got sick of it. And I loved the show and I eventually stopped watching because I'm like, this is too much. But Captain Marvel, it's not there. It's, it's not, not there at all. It's not at all. And you're right about Supergirl. I mean, it's, I mean, it's very, very obvious that uh, Bruce Botsnightner's character, the president, is Donald Trump. You know, not, and la- last season, um, Adrian Pastor was clearly supposed to be Donald Trump because he was the businessman, the rich businessman who was a chauvinist and hated women. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, well, it's obvious you want this guy. Like every season's a Trump saying, "Now look, I don't want to get too much into politics. I'm not here to defend Trump and say Trump is great." You know. But I don't need to be banged over the head with with a message, no matter if it's a message I agree with or disagree with. That's not what I'm watching TV for. I kind of want some escapism. And I hear their ratings are dropping like crazy. Every season I hear their ratings are dropping further and further. So you would think they would, uh, you know, maybe learn something, but apparently not. (laughs) Well, it's CW. It'll get renewed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but as as I was saying, nothing whatsoever political about Captain Marvel. It was just a fun popcorn movie, and um, this one for me was sort of like uh, Marvel doing the buddy cop genre. Yes, yes, I, I was thinking the same thing about it. It, it is uh, very much like the buddy cop movie with uh, Captain Marvel and Nick Fury. They have great chemistry together. The two of them play off each other perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, no spoilers, but everybody loves uh, Goose the Cat. <laughs> oh, how can you not love Goose the Cat? I mean, so like, uh, <laughs> even my cat loves Goose, Goose the Cat. She actually stands up in front of the television every time she sees a trainer or something something on Captain Marvel on YouTube or something. Honestly, <laughs> she does. She stands up in front. She's besotted by Goose the Cat. <laughs> I think she's. I think she's actually flirting. She's she's not told me she's flirting. She's from another planet, my cat. (laughs) Well, we keep calling our cat the flirting now. We're like, you (laughs) feed the flirting yet? Yeah, we fed the flirting. Well, you know, I I keep checking my cat's stomach in case there's a tesseract in there. Um, that's a, that's the one point I was a bit confused at about Captain Marvel was that tesseract that they've got. Um, how is it they've got that when in this point in timeline it's supposed to be under the water with Captain America? Well, didn't Howard Stark find it at the end of First Avenger? I thought they showed Howard Stark um, finding it under the water and scooping it up. Oh yeah, that must have been in the post credit scene. So that's why that's why that's why it's sort of confusing me because I'm not seeing that post credit scene. Because up till now. Up till now, we um, we we saw well, we saw it go under the water with Captain America, but then the next time we saw it was in the end credits of Thor, mm-hmm. when it was at Shield and uh, Doctor Selvig um, saw it for the first time, and Loki was kind of shadowing him, 
And Loki said, ah, that's worth uh, looking into. So I guess we never really knew what happened to it after Howard Stark found it to when it ended up in S.H.I.E.L.D. So I guess this is this is the missing chapter. <laughs> Absolutely, because uh, when Howard Stark found it, it was still in the uh, 1940s, wasn't it? Or the 50s. Right. Mm, yeah, sort of like... Um... But that, that kind of got had me a bit puzzled because I, I never watched that post credit scene at the end of Captain America First Avenger. <laughs> yeah, which is quite naughty of me. Um, but yeah, you know, Cap, Captain Marvel thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. It was a good film. But I don't think me too. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as good as a Avengers Endgame. Well, I'll tell you, I'm worried about Avengers Endgame. Uh, I'm worried because there's so much riding on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It's like Marvel. I don't think Marvel's put out a bad movie yet. Now, I like some more than others. I, I can tell you what my least favorite is. I can tell you what my favorite is. But even my least favorite, I liked it. I thought it was good. It just wasn't as good. So they've got a heck of a track record. I don't think they've put out a garbage movie yet. And when you haven't put out a garbage movie yet, that means that everyone you put out uh, could be the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, and it's like, it's like Batman, uh, the dark Knight rises when the dark Knight rises was coming out. Everybody loved the dark Knight so much that I remember saying, well, I'm worried about the dark Knight rises. How could it possibly live up to that last one? How could it possibly live up to the hype that, that surrounding that last one? And uh, I don't know what you think of The Dark Knight Rises, but I, I did eventually, I, I, when I saw it, I thought it was kind of weak. I'm like, so so I do worry about Avengers Endgame. They got such a winning streak that uh, this is sort of the payoff film. It's like, I, I hope they pay it off. I hope they don't just like be like, you know, build up, build up, build up, and then we drop the ball. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think they'll pay it off because so like it's a Rus- it's the same writers that wrote that that wrote Captain America event first Avenger you know it's the Russo's isn't it that's written that written it right so that's true so I I think they'll pay it off um, because the the Russo's track record so far has been absolutely behind him they've not they've not done a bad bad movie as far as absolutely um, I mean um, should, should we saw like start from our from our least favorite. Marvel films, do you think? Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Uh, if you are, do you want to take the movies in chronological order? Start with Iron Man and, and go from there. Yeah, let's try. Let's do that. I'm going, you know, I, I loved Iron Man, the first one. Um, it was um, so like, um, it's still got a fond place in my heart, even though it's so like, uh, in terms of the narrative structure of it, um, as, as an origin movie, it's it's kind of weak in comparison to the other Marvel origin movies. But that's only because the movies and quality have sort of like gradually gotten better. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. Uh, it's the Iron Man movies. All three of the Iron Man movies are my, are um, among my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Man one is my least favorite of the three Iron Man movies. But that's mainly because they do get bogged down in origin, and there's so many scenes in the cave, and I, I can't find myself looking at my watch like, okay, why don't we get out of these caves? Mm. Um, and, the fun, and also, the, fun the, the ending, 
What's that? The fight at the end seemed a bit anticlimactic. Exactly. It's just kind of like, I would compare it to the end of the uh, 2005 Fantastic Four film. I think both the 05 Fantastic Four film, the one with Michael Chiklis and uh, Chris Evans and Iron Man, both have these finales where it's like, they just kind of stop. It's like uh, it builds to a finale that doesn't, it doesn't pay off. It just, it just kind of ends. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, it's a good movie. It's, it's certainly, it was a game changer at the time, but I, I do think they've done a lot better since. Yeah, I mean, well, that said, my, my least favorite Iron Man film was uh, free. See, that's my favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite, Iron Man. I, I knew you was going to say that. <laughs> I'm a big Shane Black fan. I really like Shane Black. I, I like some of the stuff he's done, but uh, Iron Man 3, I just didn't like the the whole switch about with the Mandarin and all that. I, I actually wanted the Mandarin to be more true to his comic book origins and not... You know, and not the not the way they did it, where where they had the Mandarin as an actor, sort of thing. I can understand that. Like, I I, I get where you're coming from, but uh, but I I really dug it because I totally didn't see it coming. Well, uh, and if you let me let me put it into perspective for you, Iron Man three came out the same summer as Star Trek Into Darkness, and Star Trek Into Darkness was a worst film. <laughs> What's that? Star Trek Into Darkness was the worst of the two films. <laughs> oh, God, it was horrible. But it had a twist that everybody saw coming. Everybody knew Benedict Cumberbatch was playing Khan. And they kept trying to play it coy. No, he's not Khan. He's not Khan. And then you get this scene where he's in the brig and he says to Captain Kirk, Call me Khan. And it's like, well, we all knew that was coming. <laughs> but that same summer, Iron Man came out. And when we find out that uh, uh, Ben Kingsley isn't the Mandarin, I did not see that coming. They really knocked me for a loop on that one. I'm like, oh, wow. I, I really didn't have any idea there was a twist coming there. Mm, I don't like surprises. <laughs> That's probably what it is. I hate being surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know that was my uh my, my niece favorite and uh iron man 2 um I, I i quite enjoyed that um although it did meet me with a bit of a bad taste in my mouth because the uh you know getting into politics again the conservatives got into office the next day and the country's <laughs> never been you know not been been any 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 better since <laughs> yeah. but you know i said about that the better um but yeah, you know, I, I think my my favorite is Iron Man two out of the out of the Iron Man films. Yeah, and Iron Man two. Whenever they make lists of uh, the best and worst Marvel films, Iron Man two is always put up there as one of the worst, and I don't get it. I really don't get it at all. Uh, for one thing, I'm a big fan of uh, Sam Rockwell. I think Sam Rockwell is a great underrated actor, and he is terrific as. Uh, Justin Hammer, mm-hmm. he really uh, just steals the scene in that. It, 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 I don't know. And it hits the ground running. You don't have um, the origins out of the way. They just they just get going. And uh, another thing I really love about it is uh, they recast uh, Rhodey with uh, it was Terrence Howard in the first one, and it's Don Cheadle going forward. And I think Don Cheadle's much better in the part. 
Yeah, he, he, he establishes himself really quickly as well, you know. Right. And, um, you know, I, I've forgotten about the the other guy playing, playing Rowdy. Rowdy, sorry. Is it Rowdy or Rowdy? Rowdy, yeah, uh, James James Rhodes, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm going to um I'm gonna to have to give him a call and um, ask him to carry my amp to the next gig we do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, but um, yeah, he he did hit the ground running with that, and um, he even to a point where he was really strong when he when he made his appearance in the Avengers films and the and and the the Captain America crossovers as well. Right, right. Yeah. So what came next? It was Captain America first Avenger. Uh, well, this, that same uh, well, the same summer as Iron Man, the very same summer we got Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Mm, it was all right. Uh, yeah, it's not one of the stronger ones. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought Ed Norton was good. I like Mark Ruffalo better. And uh, incidentally, they they were getting into two of the two of the only characters who have ever been recast in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They, they, they're very good at keeping their actors. But the two guys who they uh, got rid of were uh, Terrence Howard and uh, Ed Norton. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, if you count the, the, the first Hulk movie, um, Brokeback Hulk, uh, <laughs> you, you, know, you, you had Eric Banner. Right. Who kind, kind of redeemed himself in the first Star Trek movie, I think. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I I wasn't really a fan of the Hulk things. Um, I'm like you. I think uh, Mark Ruffalo absolutely nailed it. And yeah, I really want Mark Ruffalo to do a Hulk movie. I want to see yeah. a standalone Hulk movie with Mark, Mark Ruffalo, but I don't think it's. Gonna I happen. agree. I agree. It's a, the only problem is that Universal Pictures has the distribution rights for any Hulk movie. So uh, Disney doesn't want to give them uh, the movie. So that's part of why they did Planet Hulk in uh, a Thor movie. So that, so because they, they wanted to do Planet Hulk, but they didn't want Universal to be the ones distributing it. So it's like, oh, we'll make it a side story in a Thor movie. That way we get control it. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, the one thing I do, yeah, I agree with you. The Incredible Hulk is not one of the more memorable ones. But one thing I will say about it is it teased us with a with the origin of the leader. Like they left us with the uh, hint that the leader was coming and then they never followed up. So one of these days I would like to see the leader show up in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie to kind of pay off that tease all the way from uh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. I mean, one of the things uh, that I really did enjoy about The Incredible Hulk was the the way they kind of paid homage to the uh, 1970s TV series by having the origins of, of the Incredible Hulk uh, wrapped up in the introduction of the film. Yes. You know, so it was, you know, the origin story was basically told in, in sort of like flashback sequences that were played over the opening credits. And, and I think, that's, I think that, that, that's an idea that they really need to do for, 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 for all future sort of like superhero films. So if they ever do Batman again, they just do the origin story in the opening credits and get it out of the way. <laughs> well, you know, I've been saying for years that the best way to handle Superman's origin in a movie, you don't have to retell Superman's origin at all. I said redo 
the intro to the radio show and the George Reeves show with faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. You know, it tells you that that little intro tells you the whole origin in 30 seconds. Strange mm. visitor from another planet came to Earth with powers and ability. They tell you, they tell you everything. 30 seconds. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was a power radio. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so like uh, they, they did the same with Nash Gordon. The uh, the radio dramas of Nash Gordon before before they did the uh, the film series in 1936. Not that I'm that old, because if I was that old, rigor would definitely be setting in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so next after the Incredible Hulk was Captain America: First Avenger. Actually, it was it was Iron Man two, but we we already talked about Iron Man two. So I get, do we want to skip that one because we already talked about it? Yeah, what I'm thinking of is let's go forward in the order that the characters were released. Okay, <laughs> because we okay, had well, so then, many then, sequels before Captain America. We actually had Thor. Thor was in May, and Captain America came the following July. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, Thor was the was the next one. I I love that movie. Uh, and they they did that good tease in Iron Man two because Iron Man two ended with Thor's hammer. It did, yeah. <laughs> but I I loved the first Thor movie. Um, it was definitely you know that one and Ragnarok were the two strongest Thor movies. The the middle one not so much. I agree completely. I agree totally. Thor, the first Thor is my favorite of the three, but I like Ragnarok a lot too. Uh, But but man, that there was something special about that first one. I I just love the scene where he takes takes her. uh, You know, uh, what's his name? The actor Skarsgård, where where he takes the actor in into the bar and uh, gets him absolutely hammered, (laughs) drinking drinking beer. You know. you know, everyone says Thor Ragnarok was the first movie to make Thor funny. They say no, Thor was funny since the beginning. Remember when he went in the pet store yeah. and said, "I need a horse." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right there. Thor was funny. It was even funny in the uh, in in middle film, but you know, there wasn't really as much room for it in the middle film because the middle film was kind of like somber in comparison. Right. Um, but yeah, it was funny. It was funny in Ragnarok, um, and I just loved the uh, I loved the scene in Ragnarok where where he's uh, where, where he meets the Hulk for the first time since you know in in the in in the ring, and right. and that that brief exchange, <laughs> he just gets his ass whipped. <laughs> 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 he goes in thinking that he's gonna he's gonna sort of like uh, be an even match to the Hulk, and he gets his butt absolutely creamed. I liked uh, in the in the match when uh, when the Hulk picks him up and does to him what he did to Loki, where he yeah. flips him back and forth and back and forth, and Loki in the stands is going yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just. Um... You know, Chris Hemsworth is just brilliant as far. Um, and it's, you know, and I think Avengers Endgame is going to be his last movie, isn't it? That's the rumor. I, I'm hoping not. I know they haven't for any of these movies, well, except Avengers. Aside from Avengers, they haven't done a part four to anything. They've stopped at three mm-hmm. with everything so far. 
But I want to see a, a Thor 4. If they make a Thor 4, I will be – that's a hard thing to say, Thor 4, by the way. They sound uh, – <laughs> Yeah, you know what they could call it? They could call it Thawed Out. <laughs> you know, perhaps at the end of Avengers, Avengers Endgame, he gets frozen, and, and then, they, then they have a means for a sequel and call it Thawed Out. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to see it happen, though. Mm, yeah, I'd, I'd just love to see another Thor movie because, you know, if they can do something, you know, that that's as funny as Ragnarok and the first one, we've got to have a Thor Thor movie. Yeah, that would be terrific. Or uh, or do something else with him. You know, if he's not, if it's not Thor 4, then stick him in with the Guardians of the Galaxy or something because he had great chemistry with them in Infinity War. I don't know. Just, just I don't want to see the end of him. Yeah. You know what? What what they could do is, um, you know, they've had Tony Stark in every single one of the movies uh, after Iron Man. Really, he's sort of like he's crossed over into the Avengers. He was in Captain America: Civil War, and uh, and that. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Robert Downey's uh, contract is coming to an end with Endgame, and he probably won't do any more. Um, so maybe Thor could become the the new Iron Man, so to speak, as in he's the one familiar character that's sting around, uh, bringing the new garden. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. But I, I I love the Thor movies, and I think we, we I think we actually agree with each other on the Thor movies, which is a which, which is which is strange. It's kind of a first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree totally. Uh, Thor: The Dark World, I, that, and Thor: The Dark World is my least favorite Marvel movie. By the way, it's my least mm. favorite. Um, I do like it. I don't hate it, but it's much. Uh, the first and third are among my favorites, and the second one is my least favorite of all. Uh, like twenty-one of these movies. Yeah, I, I think I can. I think I can agree with you there about it being being you know one of the least favorites for me. But I will say this, the villain in Thor The Dark World is Christopher Eccleston. And uh, David Tennant was a villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe on the Jessica Jones show. Oh, he's brilliant. So I'm waiting uh, with bated breath for Matt Smith to show up as a villain in these movies. He'd be good. He'd be good as a villain. <laughs> you know, he kind of... Uh... He's, he's got that Vinganish uh, quality about him. Yeah. You know, he's British. So, you know, we, we all make good Vingans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, yeah, so, let's see. After Thor, it was Captain America. It was, absolutely. I've been dying to get to Captain America. He's, uh, <laughs> he's my favourite. I think, I think the Captain America films have been my favourite out of all of them. Uh, yeah, they're, they're all good. You know, They're all good. They've all been consistently good. I mean, you had the opening one, um, then you had the second one, was which kind of played out like a 70s spy thriller. Oh, yeah. In, I, in then the, the second one, by the way, Winter Soldier, my favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. really love that one. And Civil War was, was, was pretty good in, in, in how it introduced the Black Panther. Yes. But it was also good in that it's shown the, uh, the Marvel Universe's version of, of The Watchmen. As in the, the 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 act that was passed through Congress to sort of have people that had superpowers declare themselves to the government. Right, right, and and also Civil War was the first Marvel movie to bring back any of the actors 
from the Incredible Hulk. Because in um, uh, obviously when we see the Hulk again in, in the Avengers, he's now Mark Ruffalo. He's not mm-hmm. Ed Norton. So Civil War brings back um, William Hurt as, um, as Thunderbolt Ross. So that's the first time any actor has from the came back from the Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk in any of these movies was in Civil War. Yeah, Thunderbolt Ross has um, has he been recast now with with, uh, with what's his name now uh, with with Martin Freeman? No, no, no. Martin Th- Freeman's playing a different character. Ah, right. Um, but yeah, what's his name? William Hurt has played Thunderbolt Ross in three movies now: in Incredible Hulk, Civil War, and in Infinity War. Yeah. You're right there. He, he he did he did did pop up in 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 the um, civil war, uh, but Captain America films they've all been good. You know I can't they really, sure have yeah. I can't really pick a dud out of those three. And and you know what's amazing is Chris Evans. Uh, before Captain America, we knew him as the Human Torch, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people didn't like that that Fantastic Four movie. Uh, it certainly wasn't perfect. It had a lot of problems, but a lot of people hated it. But the one thing I think everyone agreed on was love the movie or hate the movie. Everyone kind of agreed. Oh, well, Chris Evans was a great human torch. Mm -hmm. So the question was, was he going to be able to play Captain America? Because Captain America, you know, human torch is, um, a very different character. He's a more humorous character, and Captain America has got to be the the um, have a lot of weight to him, yeah. uh, a lot of gravitas. It's like can he pull that off? And he sure did. <laughs> yeah, he, he did it quite easily as well. Um, yeah, but then again, it's a it's a little bit like the uh, the the Ryan Reynolds situation. He he played Dead, he plays Deadpool, doesn't he? Played it, yeah. in, played it in Wolverine, um, but the the Wolverine interpretation, the character was just bloody horrendous. Um, and and then he went off and played Green Lantern, and then then there was sort of like some debate: could he do Deadpool? And boy, uh, does he do Deadpool? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's those movies are so good. Yeah, the first one, especially um, the second one, um, I liked, but it wasn't as good as the first. Yeah, yeah I, I actually enjoyed the um, the Once Upon a Deadpool version better, where uh, uh, what's his name, um, Fred Savage was reprising his role from uh, the Princess Bride. I thought that was uh, pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to say the Wonder Years. And... <laughs> <laughs> or, or what was that other game, other film he did, where 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 it was one of three kids going across across America to play a, a video games tournament with Nintendo oh, Love? The Wizard, <laughs> the yeah, wizard, the that's wizard. the one. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I don't think there was really a bad Captain America movie. No, no, certainly not. Um, the first, you know, and then after Captain America, it was um, was it Avengers Assemble or did they do far two between that and Avengers Assemble? Uh, no, it was Avengers. Was the very next one uh, in the uh, summer of 2012. In fact, it was the Avengers, or yeah, over the over in the UK, it was titled Avengers Assemble, wasn't it? Yeah, um, you know, I think that was to differentiate it from the Emma Peel Avengers, if I'm. If I'm not mistaken. More, more than likely, because the uh, the Emma Peel Avengers uh, is still very very popular here, even though it's not been on the air in 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 fifty years. Yeah, 
<laughs> you know, it, it still gets repeated on television here. You know, you know, sort of like it was on this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me about a day off? <laughs> I'm sorry to say I've never seen that show. I, I, I own the DVDs. I bought them. I bought the DVDs and I've never watched them. Maybe when we're done this call, I'm going to watch. Uh, I'm going to watch the Avengers. <laughs> I think. I think. See, to me, you... Diana Rigg. You say Diana Rigg. Uh, to me, you're talking about Lady Holiday from The Great Muppet Caper. Mm. Well, Diana Rigg. She <laughs> did. Um, you know, and and of course, it was the uh, what was her name? She. She did a Pussy Galore in the James Bond film. Uh, she, you had Diana Rigg and uh, the other actress, um, I forget her name. But, you know, there was, two, there was two babes in the Avengers films and one of them was a lady that played uh, Pussy Galore in the, uh, in, 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 in the uh, Goldfinger James Bond huh. film. And, uh, and Diana Rigg, she was, in the, uh, she was in on Her Majesty's Secret Service. As a as Tracy, the uh, woman that James Bond marries, and she get she tragically gets shot at the end of the movie. Um, sorry, spoiled the ending for you. <laughs> <laughs> spoiled the end of like a nineteen sixty three movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nineteen sixty nine actually, the year I was born. Ah. So we we had Avengers. We had Avengers, the first Avengers film, which was um I don't know. To be honest, the first one's. Kind of weak when you look at Age of Ultron and and Infinity Wars. Well, you know Wars. what? You're not wrong. Uh, but but here's the thing. I don't at the time at the in in 2012, we never seen anything like it before. Uh, like all these heroes coming together for the first time. Like like imagine if in the 80s we got a movie where Christopher Reeve and Michael Keaton. And Linda Carter, like, all came together as Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Oh, that would have been awesome. I, I, it's like we've never seen this before where we got our heroes introduced one at a time, and then, boom, they came together. So it was groundbreaking. But now you're right, in retrospect, because I remember I walked out of the Justice League movie, uh, the, the one with um, Ben Affleck and, and Henry Cavill. And I said, I thought it was better than Avengers 2, but not as good as the first Avengers. But then something happened. I went back and watched the first Avengers again. And I said, the first Avengers isn't as good as I remembered it being. <laughs> it's not. But then again, if you watch it and then you watch the second one and you watch them both together... And uh, and and carry on from from that second one and and watch uh, the third Iron Man and uh, and and uh, Captain America Civil War and then Infinity War. It kind of all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the one thing that the the one thing that the first Avengers movie did really well is it really really fleshed out uh, Black Widow. Because I remember Black Widow being introduced in Iron Man 2. And I remember when she was introduced, she was very sort of like one-dimensional. She was just sort of like this kick-ass babe. And, you know, there was very little else. There was very little substance to her. It wasn't really until Joss Whedon got a hold of her in, in that first Avengers movie that her character was fleshed out. And she had that sort of like... Uh, relationship happening with um Hawkeye. Hawkeye, that's the one, yeah. Her, her relationship with Hawkeye was really interesting, you know, in, in that and that, that really helped flesh her character out and and make 
the Black Widow more believable as a character, and and then that carried on into uh, Captain America too when she was working with Captain America, and it's carried right. on throughout all the films. And you know, I do wish they'd hurry up and get on with a, doing a Black Widow film while 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 the actress is still young enough to actually play her. Well, it is one of the next ones coming after uh, Endgame. Uh, in fact, I think it's going to start shooting very soon, the Black Widow movie. Yeah, well, the thing is, if they leave it any longer, they're going to have to use CGI to de-age her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, 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 not that, you know, the, the prospect of her, her, her looking a little bit older is a bad thing. She, she is a very beautiful woman. And you're right, uh, she really came to life when Joss Whedon was writing her dialogue. Like, that's, uh, I mean, she was she was fine in Iron Man 2, nothing wrong with her, but she wasn't that interesting. But then in Avengers, the first scene we see her in, when they have her tied up and she gets the phone call, and you realize she's totally in control of this situation, she's the one calling the shots, and they don't know it. Uh just brilliant writing. Uh, she was great in that scene. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, yeah, she she really shined in that movie. And you know, she shined in every movie since then as well. I mean, I thought she was. Yeah. Really, I thought she was really good in in uh, in in Captain America: Winter Soldier. You know, oh the, yeah, she's terrific you know, in that. She was, she was absolutely brilliant in that, and. Um, and I like the uh, the this sort of middle romance that went on between her and um, and 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 Hulk in in Age of Ultron, and uh, yeah, and how that ended, and you know, and um, we get a bit of payoff to that in in Infinity Wars, I think, um, where it's all like uh, it's still there, it's not forgotten, but they both moved on, right? You know. Um, but you know, I just think she's had such a great arc throughout the, throughout the movies since since Avengers since since the first Avengers film. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. She. Uh, I, I think if I have one disappointment with the Black Widow movie that they're going to make is that uh, I wish Joss Whedon was writing it and directing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you there because he's really good at writing strong female characters. Um, but in such a way that they're not in your face, you know. Right. You know, it's it's kind of like um, you know. I think the best way to put it is he doesn't write Mary Sue's. Exactly. You know. Um. You know, Buffy when every every female character he writes goes on a journey and and makes mistakes and is incredibly flawed, but you know, ultimately redeems themselves. Yeah, it's uh. Buffy is, by the way, you know, Star Trek is like my favorite thing, but Buffy is uh, a close second. I love uh, Buffy so much. That's uh, that was just a good man. He is a uh, he's a talented guy. He should be doing more. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Um, so, um, what came after Avengers? I mean, you know, we can't really. Well, it's hard to talk about Avengers without talking about the other films. Right. Right. Well, after Avengers. We get into sequel territory because then we got Iron Man 3, then we got Thor the Dark World, then we got Captain America the Winter Soldier, and then finally in August of 2014, we get some, something new again, and that was Guardians, Guardians of, the of the Galaxy. And, uh, oh man, I just love Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> 
Yes. Rocket Raccoon is my favourite character. You know, Rocket Rocket Raccoon and Groot. (laughs) It's appropriate uh, that we're doing this podcast. We're we're recording this on Friday, um, March 15th. Mm -hmm. And it's appropriate because... Today, just today, the word, the, the news came out that James Gunn is going to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yes! After having been fired, <laughs> Disney backtracked and have rehired him again. So. I mean, that, that whole thing was just so ridiculous. I agree. You know, I agree. It was uh, it, it was stupid. It, it was and it, it never should have got gone as far as it did. I mean, you know, so like Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, great, great set of characters. Uh, but for me, it's Rocket Raccoon, Groot, and uh, the the the, um, the the character that Dave Batusta plays. Drax, Drax, yes. Drax is hilarious. <laughs> and I was convinced they were going to kill Drax off. Uh, in in the, the like, I do you remember when? Brian Singer left X-Men to mm-hmm. do Superman. Yeah, I did. And he took James Marsden with him. <laughs> and the next X-Men movie needed James Marsden to play Cyclops, but they killed him off in the first scene of the movie, almost like as a punishment. Like, well, you're going with Brian Singer to do Superman, so you're you're gone. We're, we're knocking you off now. Uh, I thought that was going to happen to Dave Bautista because Dave Bautista kept – coming to James Gunn's defense and saying, I don't want to make the movie without James Gunn. And I thought, well, Disney's going to get spiteful and say, okay, fine, kill Drax off in the opening scene of part three. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely right. I mean, he's done really well, Dave Batista. Um, you know, transitioning from wrestling world to acting world because, he, you know, he was um, he played a really good Bond villain in um, Inspector. Oh, I didn't know he was Inspector. Yeah, he he plays one of the one of the main one of the heavies, one of Blofeld's heavy heavies in Inspector. But yeah, I mean, we, we was talking Guardians of the Galaxy um, and Gamora. Oh my God! Um, oh, what's what's her name now? She plays Gamora. So, Zoe, Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. Oh my she's, God! She's uh, she's got, gonna stop hogging up all the roles though. Like every franchise she's in. Mm. <laughs> just about she's in star trek she's in guardians she's in uh, uh avatar uh she's everywhere <laughs> yeah but i've got such a crush on that woman <laughs> <laughs> such, such an incredible crush on that woman she was also in and i don't know if you would have spotted this but she was in that film the terminal with tom hanks oh yeah yeah i haven't seen that in a while yeah she had a very very small part in that she she played um, the, the the security girl in the office when he was you know you know go, going going to security and uh i also really liked um in the sequel when they introduced uh, mantis I thought Mantis was uh, terrific. Uh, the chemistry she has with Drax, they're just so much fun to watch together. They, they were, but the, um, you know, I think the creator of Mantis wasn't happy with it because uh, Mantis was actually written more as a, more as a hardcore kick-ass chick, whereas in, in, in the Guard- second Guardians film, she was sort of like portrayed as more submissive. Yeah, uh, that's definitely true. She definitely was uh, played different, but... Uh, I did. I did enjoy the way they do it. Uh, that you know, that's something I always say about these movies. Though, when you change a character that much, 
Like they do it with uh, going back to uh, Supergirl. They do it with Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen uh, was always kind of like uh, a nerdy, um, you know, not so sure of himself. Uh, well, they they cast this really good looking guy. And he's like really cool, and he's uh, all the girls like him, and everything. And you say, well, if you change a character that much, doesn't he cease to be the character? <laughs> it becomes all new character. Then you know, the only thing that's the same is the name. But I'm I'm hijacking you. I'm I'm t- getting us on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I keep hijacking myself by going back to things <laughs> as well. So, um, so so the Avengers, um, uh, but. But I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I love them. They are among my favorites. Like, if I pick my top five uh, Marvel movies, both Guardians of the Galaxy movies are going to be up there. I just think they're, uh, I think they're terrific. And I got to be honest, I didn't really know these characters uh, that well before the movie. And I don't think most people did. Like, certainly mainstream audiences didn't know these guys. So this is a real case of... Um, the, the right filmmakers coming along and just blowing up characters that most people never heard of. Yeah, well, you know, I'll give you a little thing going on here. Um, right above me, because um, my computer's on like uh, set up on, on, on like a fitted desk and I've got a couple of shelf units above it. And on the shelf unit right above it, I have a little display of uh, action figures. Um, well, they're not action figures as such. They're kind of pop vinyls and stuff. I've got two Doctor Who ones. Um, you know, on on my uh, on my left, I have uh, Peter Capaldi's Doctor Who holding Sonic Screwdriver, and on my right, I have um, Matt Smith. And then next to those two, I have um, Leonard and Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, pop vinyl bobbleheads. And then next to those two. Uh, both standing either side of the uh, Millennium Falcon, I have Groot and Rocket Raccoon. And carrying the Millennium Falcon on his back is a, a little figurine of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, I've actually set them up in, in, in that way. It looks kind of, and behind them, we've got a, a really cute picture of a Wonder Woman and Catwoman, Supergirl, uh, pole dancing, while Superman, Batman, and uh, Robin. And some other dude uh, are sort of like watching on. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to have to send the photo, send you a photo of that little display I've got there. It's cute, <laughs> but you know I don't have, I don't have as many action figures as you. I don't you know I don't really spend that much money on on stuff like that. Yeah, I've I've cut back. Mm. I've got. I've got the guys who are behind the bar, and and I have a bunch of He-Man guys. But uh, otherwise, I've uh, I've been trying to cut back because I'm running out of room. Mm-hmm. So, Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. You know, I'd say Guardians of the Galaxy one is in my top five because it was such a strong a movie that established the characters, and it it didn't really feel like an origin movie. Right. Right. You know. It felt more like a, like a TV movie in terms of the pacing, but with a bigger budget. <laughs> right. And, you know, and, and don't mean that in a bad way. You know, it kind of felt a little bit like the pilot episode of the A-Team. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually like the second one better of the two, um, in, mainly because of uh, Kurt Russell 
guys, Ego the Living Planet. I think Ego is one of the best villains in any of the Marvel movies because he hits so close to home. Uh, I don't know if we want to do spoilers here, but when we get to the end and we find out what Ego did, it's just horrendous wrenching <laughs> it's yeah it's like it's horrible uh i just find him to be like the most loathsome villain um but yet he's kurt russell you know you can't help but like kurt russell but then you hate him and it's like oh man so yeah i'm a big fan of uh, of of ego as the villain because i man just just a just a son of a bitch <laughs> mm. Yeah, and and also the uh, the de aging that they did on Kurt Russell in that film was absolutely brilliant. You know, they, that that for me was the first time that that was actually done really well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually, I'm. I'll, I'll I'll give you another one. It's actually after Guardians of the Galaxy, the next movie we have to talk about. But uh, but uh, sh- should we should we jump back a little bit? Yeah, let's jump back uh, a bit because he, he, I think you're going to mention the uh, de aging of uh, Robert Downey Jr., aren't you, as a young Tony well, Stark? Before that, even before that, uh, the next movie we've got is Ant Man. Oh yeah, and Ant Man opens with the de aged uh, Kurt mm-hmm. Russell in My that f- scene from 1989, and um, Ant Man Civil War with Robert Downey Jr. and then. Kurt Russell and Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody has done the de aging nearly as good as these Marvel movies have. Uh, the only other one that I can really think of that tried was uh, Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy, and um, it, it wasn't was, that good. It wasn't. Nah. Although I actually did enjoy Tron Legacy, I'm a bit pissed off they didn't make another Tron movie. <laughs> Okay, so um, let's see. We we will talk about Guardians two, and then we backtracked a little bit to Ant Man, Ant Man, um, which was before Guardians two, obviously. <laughs> yes, Ant Ant Man came out in twenty fifteen. It was the first new character we got after Guardians of the Galaxy. But between Guardians and Ant Man, we had Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Ant Man was the next new character to enter the marvel universe and i, I like i was really surprised by ant-man it, i just fell in love with it yeah the ant-man was one a lot of people thought it was going to be terrible because of the behind the scenes uh drama with uh edgar wright edgar wright was supposed to make it and then edgar wright ended up walking away but uh, I don't know. I thought it came together. I thought it worked. I thought it was really funny. Uh, Paul Rudd is hysterical. <laughs> and, so well, I, I was. A, I'm a fan of Ant Man. <laughs> and the uh, the relationship between Ant, you know, between Ant Man and Evangeline and Lily's character, uh, Wasp, was good in the uh, second Ant Man film. Yes, and we have Ant Man's best friend, played by Michael uh, Pena, who. Uh, who keeps going on those long rants telling these stories. Hilarious. Uh, he, he was, yeah, I, man, I, I, I like both of those Ant-Man movies. Mm-hmm. So you know what I want to see for Ant-Man 3? Because uh, Marvel's owned by Disney. I want to see an Ant-Man 3. I want Rick Moranis to make a cameo as Wayne Selinski from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And reveal that Wayne Selinsky and Hank Pym were uh, lab partners back in the uh, 80s working on shrink technology together. That'd be cool. 
<laughs> yeah. But do you know what would also be cool? A cameo by William Shatner as a as a as, as a sort of backward reference to his uh to, to that movie that B movie he did where 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 it had giant ants. I think it was Empire of the Ants. Oh yes, Empire of the Ants, absolutely. <laughs> so so if 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 they're gonna have Rip Moranis in, they've got to have William Shatner in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Being eaten by a giant ants. <laughs> You know, the Ant-Man movies were both directed by Peyton Reed. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Peyton Reed uh, was supposed to direct Fantastic Four for Fox. Uh, And I don't know what happened, but he ended up eventually walking away from the project and he didn't do it. But he has said that now that the Fantastic Four is coming back to Disney through the Fox-Disney deal, he still wants to make his Fantastic Four movie. And uh, after his two Ant-Man movies, I'm on board. I say, get Peyton Reed to do Fantastic Four. I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, I'd be on board with that as well. I mean, so like, um, you know, Fantastic Four, I, I got to admit, I quite enjoyed the uh, 2005 version. Me too. Uh, I didn't like Doctor Doom in it. I thought Doctor Doom was the weak link, but uh, I thought that uh, it was it was a fun movie. Yeah, I thought Michael Chilkis was brilliant as a as a thing. Yes, and and I'll tell you this: Marvel, whenever they get something back, they always recast the parts. They always do that. But there's one exception, I think, to the rule that, and I think it's uh, when Disney decides to do something with the Silver Surfer. They'd be completely foolish not to bring back Doug Jones as the Silver Surfer because mm-hmm. Doug Jones, the, the guy is a goldmine. Everything he's in, he's terrific. And I, I I would love to see Doug Jones play the Silver Surfer again. But this time, let him do his own dialogue because last time they dubbed in uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Let Doug Jones speak for himself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but then again, Lawrence Fishburne's got got a voice that has a little bit more gravitas to it. That's true. But yeah, the um, the Ant Man films, um, they're definitely up there. And the the next one in the in the sequence of characters to be released was uh, Doctor Strange, I think. Uh, yes, yes, that's correct. One uh, of your least favorites. Yeah, I gotta be honest, it's one of my least favorites. Uh, I don't. Now, I'll tell you this though. I really liked Doctor Strange in Avengers Infinity War. I thought he was great in Infinity War, but his own movie kind of left me uh, a little cold. I I just, I don't know. It was, um, I don't know. It didn't connect with me. It just didn't connect with me. And I don't think it's the movie. I think it's the the character. I never read the Doctor Strange comics. Um, It's very... um, it's so what my friend Dave, uh, you know, my friend Dave, um, uh, you were on uh, Mega Podtastic before with Dave, so I don't know if you remember him, but he, he was my co-host on Mega Podtastic, and he never liked the Harry Potter movies, because he said it was uh, wizard, wizard shit. shit. Yeah, because I remember, <laughs> I remember, I remember doing a, a Mega Podtastic with you and Dave. Uh, yes. Uh, when you played a you played a Harry Potter fan, like who was dressed up in the robes and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, which was kind of funny, given that it was audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we we had to describe you. we were like, oh, look at you wearing your wizard robes. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, like that's that's how I feel about Doctor Strange. I'm like, well, it's wizard shit. <laughs> um, I, I think I liked it because uh, over here in England, uh, we we kind of like stuff that's more sort of like fantasy driven, magic, wizards, and stuff like that. Then we go for science fiction, I think, in a lot of ways. Or if we do go for science fiction, we tend to go for the soft science fiction stuff like Star Wars, where it's sort of a more science fiction fantasy and uh, the science right. made up. Um, but I, I, um, I, I, I absolutely love Doctor Strange. Um, I have to say, I just saw like a, I, I just thought that the scene uh, where where he goes to the ER and he's injured and he goes to his um, his ex girlfriend to to you know to patch him up and then scares him giving shit out of her when he's going out of body <laughs> <laughs> was hilarious. Um, but I also loved. I thought the effects were absolutely wonderful. In that you know where 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 the uh, where where all the, the city was folding and stuff like that. It was like a it was it was like a real life kaleidoscope. You know those kaleidoscope things you used to get when you was a kid. Right. You know I thought it was just really well done, and um, I I loved the um, I loved I loved his Asian sidekick in it. You know the librarian. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, and I, I, I just really enjoyed it. And I, I think you are right, actually, in that Doctor Strange really came into his own a lot more in the uh, in, 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 in Avengers Infinity War. Because I think I think what your problem probably is with Doctor Strange movie is it um, kind of got a bit too bogged down in his origin story. And, uh, that that might be it. I might like Doctor Strange two a lot more uh, now that the origin's out of the way. And I, I'll say this about Infinity War: one thing that was great uh, was seeing Benedict Cumberbatch um, bounce off of uh, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, their relationship and them getting on each other's nerves was a lot of fun. So uh, as soon as we put the two Sherlock's together. Magic happened. <laughs> it's it's not it's not not only that. It's also that discussion that they're having. You know, so like uh, magic and metaphysics versus science, right? You know, and, and I think that's what made it a bit more more interesting as well. One was the fact that that you had just two brilliant actors in those roles. Um, but Robert Downey Jr.'s got one over on Cumberbatch. Because okay. Played, yeah, because he played Charlie Chaplin long before he played Sherlock Holmes, and he was absolutely wonderful in that film as well. True. You know, um, and uh, I think that one was directed by Richard Attenborough, if I'm if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, and I'll say this: um, Benedict Cumberbatch does a heck of a good American accent. <laughs> He does, but there's quite a few British actors that are doing that. You know, the uh, the guy out of Walking Dead. Uh, oh, Andrew Lincoln. Andrew yeah. Lincoln's, you know, really, really convincing. But yeah, um, Doctor Strange. Um, I I liked it, and I think after that we're on to Infinity War, aren't we, Ring? Uh, well, well, we actually got um, two more before Infinity War. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say this though. Remember a couple months ago, Netflix put out Bird Box. And at the same time, right, right around the same time, they put out that uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Uh-huh. And everybody was talking about Bandersnatch and, and Bird Box right around that time. Uh, I saw someone on Facebook who wrote, Bird Box Bandersnatch. Isn't that the guy who plays Doctor Strange in the Marvel movies? 
um, so yeah we've got two more Marvel films and then Infinity War yes Spider-Man Spider-Man Homecoming Oh, uh, so obviously, obviously Spider-Man made his first appearance in Civil War but uh, then that was the next uh, the next movie I forget uh, about that being Marvel because it's been Sony for so long right right and Sony it still is uh, Sony put that movie out but uh but Marvel produced it and Sony distributed it, so it was a collaboration. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was good. I really, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I just think the the actor that got to playing him now is really good. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than the um, than, than the second reboot of Spider Man. Yeah, I I, uh, I I liked Andrew Garfield. I liked him, and I liked Emma Stone, and I liked them together. They had chemistry together, but uh, the scripts were not that good. They they weren't. The, the visual effects were though. I mean, the, the visual effects of you know is one thing that's gone from strength to strength with the Spider Man movies, um, right? Throughout, I mean. I mean, I absolutely, I absolutely love the uh, the Sam Raimi trilogy of films. You know, obviously the last one was the weakest of the bunch because it had quite a bit of studio interference and it was too many villains. But, yeah. Um, I, 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 there's, there's still a very special place in my heart for those films because I, I just, I'm just, I, I just love Sam Raimi's work. Oh, I agree, and I still think Sam Raimi made the best Spider-Man movie ever made. I think, to me, Spider-Man: Homecoming is the second best Spider-Man movie. But I think that the best Spider-Man movie is Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love Spider-Man 2. I think that's a perfect movie. It is, but then again, Sp- Spider-Man 1 comes a pretty cool second to it. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man 1 is is pretty phenomenal, too. Mm-hmm. Um, those first two, Sp- the two Raimi, first two Raimi movies were phenomenal. Uh, I, th- I do think I like Homecoming more than Spider-Man 1, but... Uh, but that's you know nothing against Spider-Man One. That's man, that's a it's a great movie. And oh man, Willem Dafoe, his costume was a little cheesy. Yeah. But uh, but man, he really chewed the scenery <laughs> in that movie. He, he, he chews the scenery whatever movie he gets cast in, even when he's given. Well, that's shit true. Role, you know, I mean, so like William Dafoe, uh, Mississippi Burning with Gene Hackman, you know, it's sort of like a cracking film. He was actually a little subdued in Aquaman. I was like, well, that's, uh, he wasn't as, uh, he kind of, kind of blended in a little more in Aquaman, but that's unusual because usually he's very, uh, you know, like very much chewing the scenery. Yeah. I mean, that, that I think we'll have to do a follow up to this and do our DC movies. <laughs> we- Absolutely. We should wait till Shazam comes out right after Shazam. We could do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll try and, I'll try and get to see Shazam in the cinema so we can do that. <laughs> Although I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of Shazam, you know, as a character. I mean, I, I didn't really like the Captain Marvel series when I was a kid growing up. Yeah. Um, or you know, or, or the uh, cartoon, to be honest. I never really talked to Shazam. So it's, it's kind of a tough sell for me. <laughs> See, I was a big fan of Shazam. I remember watching it with my dad as a kid. Uh, my dad was a big Shazam fan back before he was even. You know, back when Fawcett published him, not DC, and he was he was um, the book was called The Adventures of Captain Marvel. Um, so I remember uh, watching the uh, '70s series with my dad growing up because he always liked the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the '70s series it looks really really cheesy now when you compare. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it's on it's on the DC Universe streaming service. They just remastered it in HD, mm-hmm. and it is uh, man, it's super cheesy. It's it's fun though. Like I, it's good to watch with my uh, with my kids because mm-hmm. the the three year old she enjoys it. And um, my 11-year-old is now just at an age where she's savvy enough to realize how dumb it is. And she enjoys watching it and laughing at the bad special effects. And mm. But, yeah, Shazam. Um, but, so, like, um, so we, we had Spider-Man Homecoming, really good movie. What came after that? Because we, we had we had something else in then Infinity Wars. Was it was it so like It was the Black Panther. Oh god, yeah. It was the, the, the first superhero movie to ever be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, just just because you know, that that's that to me it, you know, just so like I, I just didn't agree with that at all. It's sort of like uh, it wasn't that good of a movie. Uh, I'll tell you this: it opened in February of 2018, okay? And in November of 2017, just a couple months prior, Thor Ragnarok opened, okay? So we get Thor Ragnarok, and a few months later, we get Black Panther. These movies have the same story. Both movies are about uh, a a distant. Uh, heir to the throne returning and uh, challenging the hero and getting control of the throne and the hero going into exile and having to come back and eventually reclaim the throne. Yeah. It's the same story. And four two did, <laughs> and, and four, four, four two did it better. I, I, no, I agree. Three, I thought Thor was the better movie. I, now I don't dislike. I don't hate Black Panther. It's 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 a. I liked the character better in Civil War than in his own movie. Um, I thought it was a little boring. I thought it lacked the sense of humor that a lot of these movies have. His sister Shuri, she was funny. But she wasn't in the movie enough. Yeah, his younger sister, the uh, mechanic. Yeah, yeah. I, I just loved that bit where she's walking off and giving his bird, giving him the bird, and 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 the disapproving mother. You know, she doesn't even. <laughs> she's not even looking back, but she knows that his little sister's giving him bird. <laughs> oh, that was right. funny. You know, but you're right. It was it was pretty bland and humorless. Um, the action was really, really good. The action set pieces, but it, it didn't have it didn't have enough humor in it. I, I also don't think there was enough action. We had uh, that really action packed scene in the casino where they went to North Korea and there was the casino, and we had a good action scene there. And then um, there's really nothing until the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we got some one on one fights like. Um, uh, Michael B. Jordan uh, challenged him to the throne, and they had the like little fist fight and everything. But uh, in terms of like superhero action, between the scene in North Korea and the finale, there's nothing. <laughs> mm. But you know that said, um, we had Avengers: Infinity Wars come next, and that incorporated Black Panther. And I think what I think how it was incorporated into that film was done really well. And right, I like I like Black Panther. A lot better in Infinity War. I like so far. I've liked him in everything, Over but I just film. thought his movie was not as well executed. Yeah, I think you're right. It was sort of like he was a little bit. You know, I've got to say, I think it's probably my my worst pick out of all of them. Mm. Um, in, in terms of the the the, the lack of humour, and also the the, the, the differing African accents. Bugging me a little bit. 
but then I realised that what you know, what was is it what, what the 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 um, the island the continent that we're on is meant to be representative of of Africa sort of thing. So you you right. you've got dif- you got the different areas of Africa around in and 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 once I kind of you know got to grips with that I thought you know the accents weren't weren't so bad after all, but you know it's just a it's just a strange viewing experience for me that. Right, right. I agree. I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to Black Panther two. I think. Uh... Think they can improve on it? Yeah, you know they 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 can only get better. To be honest, uh, but they need to they need to have his younger sister in it more because she was funny. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed her. In fact, when I told, um, I had a friend who really liked it, and when I said I didn't think, I thought it lacked humor. He says, "Well, what about his sister?" And I said, "No, I, she was great. She just wasn't in it enough." <laughs> Also, I mean, the the villain was a little bit obvious as well. You know, the you know that he was so like uh, uh, the son of, um, of 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 his uncle that had been that had been exiled and uh, and killed for for espionage. Right. You know, it it sort of like uh, played out like uh, a bit like one of those old kung fu movies. Like, I'm going to get my revenge. <laughs> it's sort of like, it was kind of like a bit of a one-dimensional sort of like plot device. I I felt, um, you know, may, maybe they should just do a movie about him and uh, and and um, you know how, how he grew up an orphan and um, the, you know and how he got into um, sort of like a life of crime <laughs> and made the connections. That'd probably be an interesting film. Because I think I think I think the villain was you know, but they'd have to recast it because the villain was kind of um, I don't know the acting the actor just didn't seem all that charismatic. The second I don't know I I really like him in the Creed movies. He he's like, I thought he was great in that. He's good in the Creed movies, but I thought in Black Panther he he didn't really connect in the same way. He wasn't as charismatic. Um, the secondary villain, which I think was Andy Circus, was that Andy Circus played secondary villain with the with the amputated amputated hand? Right, right. Yeah, and he looks thrilled. He looked absolutely thrilled to be on camera for a change. Mm. <laughs> he, he, he's, he, that, that's the thing, though. He's absolutely, he's absolutely a brilliant actor. Um, you know, you can get him in in odd CGI stuff and stuff like that. Um, bringing a physical and an interpretation, but I've actually seen him in in other things where he's not been doing CGI, where he's actually been appearing on camera. And whatever he does is just brilliant. He did a brilliant parody of Theresa May, our, our Prime Minister, uh, talking about Brexit, where he where where he sort of like he kind of re, he kind of resurrected his uh, you know his Lord of the Rings character. Um, and and and, uh, and and did the voice, but it was Theresa May, you know, and, and going Brexit, Brexit, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was kind of funny. But oh boy, what a shit show that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now now we move on to Infinity War, uh, which is great because um, Endgame comes out next month. Yes, um, I I think Infinity War is, in my opinion, the best superhero movie ever made. 
easily. I mean, it's kind of like the Empire Strikes Back of superhero movies. You know, it's right. what, Empire Strikes Back to Star Wars, Infinity War is is like super superhero movies, and and it was so so dark. You know, all, all those. Um, all those characters that we've grown to love that are wiped out at the end. You know, yeah. You know, we, we, we lose Groot. We lose, uh, I think we lose Thor, don't we? Uh, Nathors, uh, you know what? The original Avengers from the first movie mm-hmm. all make it. Uh, Cap, Thor, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Iron Man. Yeah, they do. The original I... guys, they, they, they all made it. Uh, but yeah, we lost, we lost just about everybody else. Yeah, uh, we, Falcon. We lost Falcon. And, we lost uh, the Vision. S- Spider-Man. Uh, Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I was a bit shocked that we lost Spider-Man, to be honest. I thought I would have kept him around. Because he's got to do a movie this year. <laughs> right. Every Guardian of the Galaxy except Groot and Nebula. We lost all of them except Groot and Nebula. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we we lost Gamora in the on the film. You know, which was I was I was really broken up about that. <laughs> right. You know, um, but then again, the it's you know I think in the comic book it's Nebula that actually uh, resolves it, isn't it? Doesn't she get hold of the 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 Infinity Stones off him or something? I don't know. Uh, I actually never read the comic story. Yeah, I think in one of the I think in one of the versions of the comic story, uh, Nebula is act, actually plays quite a big part in. In 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 Thanos's downfall, I know that uh, the one thing that is um, different in the comics is the opening scene where the Hulk falls to Earth and lands in Doctor uh, Strange's uh, sanctum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was uh, Silver Surfer in the original comics. Ah, yeah, it's more fun with Hulk, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I just love the uh, you know how Hulk gets his gets his butt kicked by Thanos in the uh, in in the end part of the film, and you know throughout the whole film, you know there's, there's that sort of little battle of wits between Bruce, Bruce you know Banner and um, and and the Hulk because you can't get Hulk to come out. <laughs> right. That's what that was uh, so funny. Oh, there's just so much in 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 that in in that film that was just great. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh... Um, I know. I know one guy who didn't like it, and I'm like, "How do you not like that?" <laughs> it's it's like a, it's perfect. I think it's um, now the one thing that could really uh, put a damper on Infinity War is uh, if if Endgame doesn't deliver, because then we'll have this movie that uh, sets <laughs> up a cliffhanger. But uh, but I don't know. I want to. I like they say on the X Files. I want to believe. <laughs> Yeah, I want to believe as well. I mean, sort of like, uh, I mean, it's one that I'm definitely going to go to the cinema to see. I mean, I, I think I've seen most of the Marvel films at the cinema. I think the only one I haven't seen at the cinema was Doctor Strange. Uh, because when that came out, when that, when that was on its opening weekend, I was moving from that. I was moving house. And uh, as you know, when you move, you, it kind of costs quite a bit of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I couldn't go to the cinema for a while. <laughs> um which seems to get more and more expensive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, so I think we're wrapping up with Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Endgame. It's going to... Uh, man, we're, 
we're just a little over a month away. So it's, you know, we're, we're kind of at mid March and it's the end of April. So it's uh, that that opens. So, and, uh, it's not a Marvel movie, but we do have a Shazam to tide us over somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. Is that coming in April Shazam? Uh, yes. First yeah. week of April. Okay, They're having so. an early screening. They're having an early screening two weeks early, uh, a week from tomorrow, a week from tomorrow. So um, I'm actually going a week from tomorrow, and then it opens wide in April. So I'll have my review out um, on YouTube uh, probably Sunday the 24th. Cool. Well, I'll try and get out and see it in April. Um, awesome. Something. You know, um, but I'm not sure when in April. <laughs> um, but, you know, the kids are on the kids are on holiday. They're on they're on Easter break soon, so um, you know that's that's probably going to be one of those deals where the theatre is full of kids. <laughs> you know, um, exactly. But I'll get to see it because what what I do is um, I I usually go to the cinema during the day when there's no one there, when there's only maybe so like about ten people in the entire cinema. <laughs> You know, um, and and that way you kind of avoid the crowds. You know, and, but I think that's just our cinema in Altringham. I just don't think it does very very much business during during the matinee performances. I think it does all its business in the evenings. Right. Kind of thing. Um, anyway, Joe, it's been great having you on on the show again, talking to you. But hey, we, we must do do some more of these. Absolutely, absolutely. We gotta do them more frequently, not seven years in between. Hey everybody, this is Nick Tarabay, uh, Asher, and uh, Spartacus Gods of the Arena, Spartacus Blood and Sand, and uh, I'm here at SFP Now. Keep listening, and thank you so much. Anyway, um, folks, that was a crazy Joe Fmore of a mega podtastic um, YouTube channel, formerly podcast. Um, and we're going to have him back on again. We're going to do another one of these, uh, one of these uh, best and worst shows. Um, we're just going to have to find different stuff to do it on. <laughs> Cheers. Bye.